it might be the summer, it might be the closed season, but the Forever Blue podcast ain't going anywhere. We're continuing on throughout the summer. There'll be a couple, in a, in a couple of weeks, we've got a couple of uh, podcasts planned in which are going to be a little bit more general. Um, I'm going to invite a couple of the lads down and we'll chat and talk about memories and, and things that, that stick in the memory um, and, and make you a City fan. In fact, why even you are a City fan. So that's something to look forward to uh, next month. But we are going to continue on. Some of them will be topical, like today's is. And this is what I would consider to be the penultimate of the season anyway, full podcast. Next week we're going to do one more um, where we'll we'll get three of uh, the team down and we'll look back on the season. So thanks very much for downloading. Thanks very much for retweeting and sharing. Thanks very much to Hot Click Marketing, who are our sponsors for 2019 so far, uh, and Tony, who's the editor-in-chief of it all, who runs it, who's a City fan. And if you want to get your company... So if you've got a company particularly who, who markets digitally and you want to get to the top of Google searches, Tony's your man, he's a City fan. So when you ring him, just Google, by the way, Hot Clip Marketing, they're in Manchester, you get the telephone number. Ask for Tony and say, you know, I was listening to the Forever Blue podcast and they didn't have to talk you up, you better deliver. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then tell him what you want and he honestly, he's sound as a pound and he'll sort you out. So thanks very much to Tony and Hot Click Marketing. Uh, and also thanks very much to the Holiday Inn who are at Central Park, which is where we are now for providing a base for us to do our podcast so far. Uh, tonight I have uh, three of the team with me who are now going to introduce themselves. Hi, my name's Will. Um, Will I... does the filming, by the way. He is a, an unsung hero. So when you see stuff on the Forever Blue uh, YouTube channel, it's this young man here who does it. That's, that's correct, and somehow I've been talked to coming in and join the podcast as well, so here I am. <laughs> yeah, my name's Harlan, um, our 13th man on Twitter. Um, Diehard City fan, absolutely adore the club. I absolutely love Forever Blue. I love what Ian's done with the YouTube channel and the podcast, and the fact that it's growing so massively week on week um, is credit to you, the listeners, and uh, yeah, I love doing this every week and I can't wait for it to continue. Have you got that fiver I was going to pass the I was going to say that, yeah, it's quality that, wasn't <laughs> Ding. it? Ding! <laughs> uh, my name's uh, Paul from Prestige Car Repairs. Ding! Ding! <laughs> A.K.A. City Rabin, if anybody's <laughs> interested, it's me, everyone. What, could you better explain what, what you're talking no, about I'm Rabin. No, I'm Rabin. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Rabin. What is Rabin? He, he is, uh, isn't it? He's a superhero. Basically, fighting, fighting against the the badness that's all talked about. City, he's put, he's drawing out all the dirty journals that are giving us stake. He's he's, he's just a legend. Yeah, I've got to say, um, it was all getting a bit too much. As soon as we sort of the season finished, it proper started piling on, didn't it? The yeah. negative press, it almost to a stage where it was affecting you. And then to see some, obviously nobody knows who he is, but he's he's come onto Twitter. And he really is, obviously, fighting our case. And it's nice to see somebody is, is on our side. And he's so measured, he's so professional what he does. He's like a Twitter version of um, our chairman. Which brings us on to this week's <laughs> conversation. Uh, starter, really, because... Obviously, Khaldun Al-Mubarak, who's the chairman, That's has him. done his... I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's done his interview with uh, Chris Bailey, who's the uh, sort of head honcho at City, 
uh, which he does annually and has done now for many years. Chris, I have to say, is a friend of mine who I've known for a long time. And uh, and this sounds like I'm just saying it for creeping's sake, but actually Chris does a brilliant job of the interview. I know that anybody listening to this who is a journalist, if there are any, or fans of other clubs will say, you know, this is a very sycophantic section or whatever what I'm saying here because he works for the club. But I actually think Chris handles it really well. Um, the way that he um, asks the questions is very professional and, and, and I think it, the club do the whole thing very, very well. Yeah. Now, I've watched both parts now. I don't know if you two have watched both parts of the Caldoun interview. Yeah. The first one, I suppose, is the one that most people are talking about because in that section, uh, Caldoun takes on the criticism um, so the two strongest aspects for me of it were the fact that he is saying that when people accuse... Oh, he's had a go at the at the head of the La Liga in, in Spain and one of the things he's, he's come back at to him about is the accusations that City spend more money than anybody else and yet, as he's quite correctly pointed out, City haven't got the most expensive goalkeeper, the most expensive defender, the most expensive midfielder or the most expensive striker. And actually, most of those records are set in Spain and certainly by City's rivals. So we can talk about that aspect of what he's been saying. And the other, really, which is is sad, really, in the modern world, but it is part of the modern world that we live in, is a suggestion that some of this, the criticism headed towards City has a racist undertone, um, that, that language is used like City's Arab owners, where when they're talking about another club, it's phrased in a different way. And I have to say that I do agree with what Absolutely. he's saying on that. Um, so, presumably you three have all, all seen what Caldoun has said, um, Give us your views. I think I think his point is it is it Tebas Tebas to yeah. La Liga uh, head. I think it's just laughable what he's come yeah. out and said. It's so hypocritical for him to say that for 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 somebody who's been presiding over Real Madrid and Barcelona to say that the spending's going a bit crazy is just that we're ruining the transfer market. When you think football. about what was it two thousand and three the Galacticos era, how much they must have spent and what it'd translate to now with inflation, I bet it'd be. Oh, it'd be. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, wouldn't yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. And but but they're Real Madrid, so they're allowed. Yeah. Whereas us, we're we're the lottery winners, we're the new money, so we're not allowed to spend it. And I just don't understand it at all. Yeah, how many clubs would have been investigated if FFP was around in the early two thousands and back end of the nineties? You know what I mean? How many more <laughs> investigations would there be? And it is quite, it's quite um, fishy how it decide, You know, it only started to rear its ugly head when PSG and ourselves were invested in, and that's when FFP really started to get attention. And, and, and a lot of the fans that are criticising us, Ian, are people that don't really know too much about FFP. They're just jumping on a bandwagon, and I think that's the danger of football fans today. Um, you know, fans that don't really research into things, they just jump on the bandwagon uh, because the, the pals saying they just went up the road and, and retweeting stuff, and they'll jump on the media bandwagon and they'll read a newspaper article and, 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 and view it as gospel. But I'm not going to lie, when I, when I watched Caldoun, he, he, he absolutely oozes class. And everything he came out with, I was fist pumping every, every single thing he said. I'm watching it in my front room there with a brew and a, and a ginger beer. I could just see this, I could see <laughs> and this. And I'm sat there, just brawled out watching it, looking at this wonderful, wonderful chairman who oozes class. And when he's going, this, that and the other, and this, that and the other, and uh, we're not the ones with the, with, the, with the dearest striker, and I'm going... Caldoon, <laughs> <laughs> stick it to him. You know what I mean? Stick it to him. 
I mean, my voice wasn't quite like that. No, I think it was just my <laughs> pitch, was it? But I was, I was buzzing and I was like, this guy is fantastic and I love the fact that he comes out every single year and there's a real organisation to what he says to Chris. There's a real theory behind it. And I, I firmly believe that the next five years, next ten years, are planned out well in advance. This guy knows where we're going to be in 2025. Yeah. Do you, does it make you feel more confident? Because one of the things that I try to resist doing myself, because I'm a journalist as well as being a fan, is to start talking about things that I admit I'm not an expert on or don't have inside knowledge on. There are a lot of people out there who do pretend that they have that information mm. and therefore spout on about it. And I feel as if, uh, even though some people might look down on me and go, oh, so you don't know as much as other people. No, the other people who claim to know more often don't know any more than I do, yeah. but, but they make out that they do. Now, I'm not going to name those, or, or, or I, I'm not, that not, doesn't interest me, but the point is that I'd rather stay within my sphere of where I actually think I know yeah. what I'm talking about. So watching football and talking about tactics... I can see that with my own eyes. I yeah. feel as if I have a legitimate reason to have a valid opinion. But talking about this FFP and the intricacies of it is not um, something that I feel a very uh, are enough information about to talk about with authority. It's not that I'm ducking it, but I just don't feel that. Now, there is one person I would recommend. I'm not necessarily saying that he is the definitive expert, but a guy called Colin Savage, I think he's at Presswitch Blue, yeah. Um, who did a, an interview for another podcast. We've had him on here, Bolt from the Blue. Um, if, if, if you go and search the old podcast from, I don't know, three or four weeks ago that Colin did with them, and he's been with me on different things as well, have a listen to that because that's the one I take as being the most um, educated yeah. of the ones that I know. So that's that. So my question now really to you three as fans is having watched Caldoun and you just spoken, Harlan, about how eloquent he is and how measured he is and professional he is, do you feel more reassured? Because as we sit here now, we don't know what the outcome of these inquiries from the UEFA and, and the Premier League is, etc. But Caldoun... The way he talks about dealing with facts and the statement that was released by the club, not just his interview, suggests that everybody at City is very, very relaxed and very, very confident about the outcome of this. Do you feel more reassured or, or do you st are you still worried about it? Can I first say that I have actually got a man crush for <laughs> Mr Caldew? I thought it was um, me then. No, well, no, <laughs> you're, you're out of it now. I actually, I, I, I actually, I actually, it's it's like the Queen's speech in my house when the Caldoun interview comes out. What are you saying? What's the Queen's speech on Christmas Day? No, I did when I was a kid. All oh, right, but now as I've got older, it's kind of like I can't wait for him to come out. And when they do come out, I'm, I'm like you. I'll be sat there. Glued. Yeah. And I listened to him, and I was I was sat there thinking yes, and I can just I could sit and listen to him talking all day. The way he talks, the way he's measured, he even makes it when you go, um, when you even makes that sexy. You know what I mean? He's just like, he's perfect. But moving on to the question before I embarrass myself, <laughs> um, I, I, I haven't a clue about FFP. If I'm being honest, Press Switch Blue. I've listened to him destroy other so-called expert journalists. Um, some of these journalists profess to be, you know, sports journals. Yet, you wouldn't send Kate Aidy to report on a football match, would you? So why are some of these, these, these sports journals getting involved in FFP and stuff like that? It's, it's, it's not in their remit, surely. So 
I've listened to, to what he's, he's had to say, Caldoun, and, and, and I'm completely, my mind is at rest that we haven't got a thing to worry about. You don't have a, a, a business and a man with business acumen like he's got to get caught out by stupid things. Like he said, the only way they're going to get him is on some stupid little loophole or adding something on afterwards. Let me as, as this... it stands, as it stands, City under the rules are clear of FFP. Well, obviously, what I try to do when I'm hosting this podcast is to try to play devil's advocate, even if I don't necessarily agree with the statement I'm putting forward. But let me put the other side of this: Caldoun is very measured. Uh, he, he does carry himself brilliantly. I agree with you, but. The cynics, so I'm playing this cynical side for the purposes of the argument, could say it's all very well in being all measured and calm and very reserved and very regal, but you would be if you were hiding stuff, and that's part of the way that you carry that off. Mm. Is that is that could that be the case? If if that's the case, and he's going to look extremely stupid, then isn't he? And I can't imagine he's a man that's going to want to look stupid. He's not going to come out and stick his neck on the line and say, we, you know, we're squeaky clean and blah, 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 unless he is squeaky clean. He's, he doesn't need to. You know, he could quite easily just come out and just say, yeah, we, we, you know, I don't really want to talk about FFP. He could quite... Fact, he, yeah, he's, yeah. In control, he's in control of that, the questioning. It's a club interview, so he's right. He doesn't so have he, to answer that yeah, if he so, doesn't want. You know, he, he doesn't have to answer that. And he's answered it and he wanted to answer it. Obviously, he said, I want to talk about this. He's not. hundred percent. I think the key thing is uh, you mentioned it before. It was the statement more than anything. The fact that you know we've spent a good year saying we will not comment. We're you know avoiding it basically for want of a better word. And we came out the other week and said you know uh, we are not satisfied with the UEFA's process. We don't think it's been handled the correct way. And I would never have imagined City to say something like that because they really come out fighting. And I think I think the fact that the they considered themselves in a position to be able to put out that statement, I think we're all right. I mean, I'd have to say that from my knowledge of the people who run the press side of things as, as well at City, and I've known some of them for a long time, um, Vicky Kloss is the head of communications and I have the highest possible respect and regard for her. And that statement would have been overseen by somebody like her um, if it hasn't come directly from Caldoun. So I tend to agree with you. So even though I sometimes I play, play the other side of the argument, I, I do tend to agree with you. What about you, Harlan? Yeah, I'm on the same page as, well, everyone here, you, Ian, you, Paul, and you, Will. I think that based on what you said, Paul, um, Caldoun didn't have to answer what he was being asked by Chris. He could have said, can we move on, Chris? Or, or Well, he would have sort of edited yeah, that out, yeah, wouldn't he? Yeah, of course, but he didn't have to go into as much depth. And I think to go into that much depth, it, it says a lot, doesn't it? You know, he could have just, like you say, avoided the question. And, 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 and then people would have probably been more inclined to say, even City fans might have said, oh, I don't really like the fact he dodged that. Is there something to be worried about? But the fact that he didn't and he answered it, I do think, yeah. You the know. thing is, Caldoun could have talked about how fantastic we've won the treble, we've done this. Yeah. He could have just glossed all over it. Just He could have got away with saying anything because of the season we've had. But he didn't. He talked about that thing that's really obviously bugging the people behind City. It's obviously a, a real bugbear with us. I, th- I think the fact that it's almost it's winding them up as much as it's winding us up. It, we're on the same page, exactly. aren't we? I think yeah. I think the other thing as well is that you see how organised they are. You see how, how it's such a f- our club, our club City, we're such a, a well-oiled machine. 
the fact that they're so thorough and so organised with the with the with the transfer process, with the the development, with the academy process, with the with the he's a plan, isn't the, he's a the, the, blue, the blueprint, the blueprint, pardon the pun, the blueprint is so thoroughly thought out and so well planned out that I don't think he's the kind of guy to let things slip or slide, and I don't think that the club are. So the fact that it is such a, a good blueprint shows you how organised they are. And the fact that they'd be that thorough that they 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 definitely avoid this if they knew what the repercussions would be anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In the second part of the interview, he also talks about youth development, which is something else that's discussed a lot. And people have talked about Jaden Sancho moving on and Brahim Diaz. And he addressed that and more or less admitted really that that sometimes it's not just about bringing the player through to the first team but it is about and it's all related to FFP about creating a pot of money that can then be used to if necessary bring players in because one statistic that I, I read I wish I had it at hand and, and perhaps I should have had before we did the podcast but was about net spend rather than gross spend so a lot of people look at how much City have spent and just use that as the headline yeah last summer they spent around about 60 million on Riyad Mahrez but what people sometimes overlook certainly the critics is that City actually sold quite a lot of talent right. now another can be 50 million well there you go so so part that'll be part of the ffp argument no doubt but also in a more general sense the way that other people speak about city is often very unfair i mean <laughs> i don't think i'm going to get any disagreement from you <laughs> yeah, on that no, no, but, no, no, but, no. but you know it, they, they seem to leave out the facts that don't suit their narrative yeah, but with everybody else, the facts are, are like you say, voiced and, and, and spoken about and people are defending other teams and, and we're always the ones that are left left hung out to dry, basically. I mean, can you imagine that... Let's, let's, let's pretend that, you know, any club could have the owners we've got. You, you tell me that there's, there's a, a group of fans out there en masse that would have refused to have... The, the, the city's owners owning their club. You t- you show me one fan base who will turn up and go, I don't want them because of because of the human rights issues, because of the FFP law. They'd all jump at the chance. It's all data jealousy. Well, it's like Newcastle, obviously, the Sheikh's, yeah. the Sheikh's cousin. Um, who's that bloke on Twitter? The, the... Oh, the Fat Geordie bloke. I, I don't know his name, but... That's he's... his finger, I think, if it's called the Fat Geordie <laughs> bloke. He's been giving us grief all season, you know, all your, all your money, you know, how, how can you support such a team? And obviously the news today that Newcastle quite possibly could be taken over by Sheikh Manzor's cousin. Precisely on your point, Paul, I just want to see their reactions and are they going to take the same stances that, that they said we should have? Yeah. Are they? Because he's not. He's, he's going to welcome it. He's going to love it. Of course they are. Your mate, your mate on Twitter, um, one of the things that... Um, I, I haven't been following it like you have, but from what I understand, one of the things that he's identified is stuff like journalists going out to the Russia World Cup yeah. and singing yeah, yeah. the praises of how brilliant yeah. it is. And yet there are so many questions about the yeah. Russian regime or the fact that the next World Cup is in Qatar and yet they're so critical of Middle Eastern involvement in yeah. football clubs, of which, of course, City have a, an owner from Abu Dhabi. And, and yet... There is no question about the World Cup, so that to me is an agenda. That 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 you know. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned about racism before. We you know, there's nothing wrong actually with criticizing something you don't agree with. 
the, the key bit about racism is not not making it because of where somebody comes. Mm. It's legitimate to criticise something that you don't agree with if you can back up your argument. But that isn't what they're doing, is it? Well, it's like it's like Abramovich, isn't it? He, gas money's all right. Yeah, not but all oil right. money's not. Well, it's, go go back to the point Ian just made. So it was um, Barney Ronnie from the Guardian. So he wrote an entire article about city fans and. Uh, we shouldn't be supporting City because of the human rights issues, because yeah. of, you know, the war in Yemen. and We should be making a stand. And then uh, the uh, Rabin, Raven, yeah, yeah. He, he posted a, a, a thing that Ronnie did about the World Cup. And the Crimean War got a single sentence mm. and, and how Putin was such a great leader. Yeah. And you're just thinking, can you not see yourself? Can you not see what people are... My wife's got family in Ukraine. And you know what's going on there between mm. Russia and Ukraine. Uh, it might not be in the news all the time, but that is an ongoing conflict. But again, it's not mentioned, is it? It gets a sentence. Uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, as a football fan, it's nothing to do I'm not with bothered us, anyway. Exactly, but you just <laughs> want to show the hypocrisy. I think that's the, that's I think, the key. I think it's, it's like to say, I mean, I think I, I tweeted this the other day, that at the end of the day, there's not many things in life that give, give us all pleasure. And one of them... Football is my pleasure in life. I wondered where you were going with that. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they were specialist podcast in the summer, um, and and one of the things in my life is is pleasure. And I, <laughs> Don't go down it's going really to be a soundbite. This, isn't it? I can just so football. I so so football then. Back to football. So. I thought we what? were on football. <laughs> <laughs> You're digging yourself into a bigger hole here. Can I just say that this red colour is because I've been on holidays <laughs> or something? Um, so we've 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 football as as my footballing pleasure. So we 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 go to the games and stuff, and I don't want to go to the games to talk about politics. I don't want to. I don't want to come about. I, I want to come back from a game and talk about. What a great goal! That was offside. The referees, this. The re- you know, I want to talk about that. I don't want to talk. I don't want to. I'm not interested in. in I'm, this is this is on a football level, not as a human. I don't want to. I'm not interested in what's going on in some other country. This is just football for me. Human rights and all the rest of it. I know it's wrong, and if if it's proven, just get on with it. You just stay out of my little world of football. Well, let's part the human rights bit for now because we're none yeah. of us are experts. No, exactly, this. exactly. So, but, but that's but, what they keep bringing up. To, to change this a bit, do you remember when as city fans, if we, you know, in, in in the darker days prior to the uh, investment, we never cared about what people thought of us. No, yeah. we were just happy within ourselves, and we just enjoyed supporting yeah. City, and we just loved our club. For, for for what our club was, even though we weren't at the top of the pile and we weren't winning the league every year. We've now kind of ha- like got this habit of, of having to feel like we have to defend ourselves. Yeah, we yeah. said this a few weeks ago. I think that we should all just create a pack together now. When I also podcast, don't respond, goes, don't, don't respond do to any of it. Just, just try and get back away from it yeah. and just enjoy the way we're on. Because if we're not careful, we're going to forget this season. Yeah, and we're not going to be well, able what, to enjoy what. But we're that's doing. what they want us to do. They can't get. We're playing. We're playing the best football the Premier League's ever seen. I don't care what anybody says ever about seen. about the teams from this, that, and the other, the Invincibles and all that. We're playing the best football the Premier League has ever seen. They can't. They can't get us on anything to do with football. So they started picking on empty seats. They're now sort of like that's worn off a bit. They're now picking on like because the city fans started singing a song which was about dope, empty deprecating, yeah. so they didn't know where to go from. So after what do that, we do now? So so now they've 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 gone away from the fans a, a bit. They went to Pep as well. Yeah, having which, a go at Pep. Know, he's a fraud. He's this, he's, but now they're having a go at the owners. So 
eventually they'll move on and they'll move on to something else. But at the moment, while they're having a go at us, it's like, you know, we did, the best thing to do, I did it. I did it for a couple of days. It only lasted two days, to be fair. I've got no <laughs> willpower. And if good job I don't smoke because I couldn't give it up. We've, I, I, I didn't respond to anything on Twitter that was negative towards City. I lasted two days, which I thought was really good for myself. But if we all did that, they wouldn't get any clickbait, they wouldn't get any interest, and they'd think, oh, it's not working, it's right, well, let's move back to United now. I notice United's getting a load of grief now, aren't they? And, you know, it's, it's moving a little bit towards United again now. So, so, so do you think that the rumours of Pep going to Juventus, which, I, you know, he, he at the last press conference before the, the, the final game in the FA Cup was asked that question and absolutely categorically denied it. And yet, um, a few days after the FA Cup final, when Pep was clearly in Abu Dhabi, there was a picture of him with the Sheikh, yeah. was supposed to be in Italy negotiating yeah. his deal, according to some journalists. Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that all a coordinated... It, let's get City. Uh, uh, yeah, first, it's, it's starting to feel like, and, and I hate being, you know, tinfoil hat agenda, everyone's against us, but the more and more it comes out, and Pep's uh, press conference at the FA Cup final, one of the first questions he got asked is, are you receiving illegal payments? And, yeah, I know. And he, he's done that. Is it Robinson, is he called? Or something? I think it was David Conn, actually. Was it? And it's just so frustrating. And like you say, Paul, you've got to try and ignore it, but... When you've had one of the best seasons a football team could ever have and you're scrolling through social media and it's just, you know, fans and mm. owners and just constantly negative. It's Some, somebody it's said to me, uh, well, I said somebody said to me, somebody said on my Twitter, I can't remember who it was now, I think someone had retweeted this person's tweet saying, should we not have um, a city-only social media set up through the website or the city app or the citizens app where you download it as a separate city app and all the season card holders can be in this massive Twitter-based or Facebook-based city social media uh, thing. Yeah, but then all that happened, they just start sharing pictures of shirts that are supposed yeah. to be coming out. And... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that these, bugs you. That, that really nice. bugs me. <laughs> these, these were the kinds of things that people were saying, and then one guy was like, oh, maybe not, then I don't know. I didn't, I'm not in the Facebook mm. don't, don't those groups already exist? I mean, Blue Moon Forum is a fantastic, yeah. huge forum that everybody goes on. Is that not effectively what you're talking I think, about? I think, I think because it's still... And for, obviously the fact that it's yeah. not an official city thing yeah, just means people can any, still freely can say what they want. I think, yeah, I think because it's still forum-based, though, I think people see it as all that, so to speak, the old we way... We shouldn't have to, though, should we? Why, why should we have to go in... Yeah, go hide under, away. Or go underground, you know, we're not, it's not like a World War yeah, II but, I mean, I, I, but I personally am not a massive fan of maybe doing that. I think the no, fact just, that we're out just, there and you can bant with other... Not I, all other fans I, are bad, I, I don't care. I don't care if... Uh, about about what anybody says about us. I do care, but what I'm trying to get to is, is that we just... We should just brush it away, enjoy it amongst ourselves and laugh it off. It's easier said than done, I know that, but that's what... If we all did that... We all didn't go to semi-finals and pay. You know, if we all did it on mass, we'd be. But that, don't you think? I mean, that's a wider subject. You don't think that has to be a cross football thing? I mean, the twenty, the 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 uh, football fans federation started the twenties plenty campaign. Mm. It ended up being thirty. I forget what the catchphrase was. Can you remember? Dirty thirty. No, it wasn't dirty thirty. Dirty Gertie from number thirty. But but anyway, it ended up where the away ticket is capped at thirty pounds. Yeah. Um, and it worked. And it worked because it was the Football Fans Federation. It, yeah. was, it was everybody that was in on it. Yeah. Um, if, if all fans, whether it's that organisation 
or through some other medium, got together and said, we're not paying more than 60 yeah. quid for a Wembley ticket or whatever the campaign might be, or we're not having all these games on TV or we're not having anything moved yeah. more than less than a month beforehand or whatever the things are that bother people. If there was a proper coordinated fan yeah. initiative, that then, then it would be better for all of us, wouldn't it? Absolutely, but that ain't going to happen. Why? It's because because these... It's too tribal. No, to call them idiot fans is wrong. I, I, before I came out to, to, to do this, there was, um, there was some... I think Sky Sports had just tweeted about um, uh, Arsenal had sent oh, back yeah, yeah. two, two and a half thousand tickets. I mean, but that... It, well, Chelsea like, sent four thousand back, apparently. So there's going to be, basically, 60,000 seat a stadium. Only 4,000 With 4,000 fans supporting the teams who were in it. So if if everybody you know they them same fans them Arsenal fans they're all crying. Piers Morgan was crying about this, and I, and I just put now you know why we boo the Champions League. Forget whether you you booed it, you didn't boo it, but the point was FIFA and UEFA and all the rest of them they're all bent. They're not, not interested in us fans. It's all TV rights. It's all you that bring up a TV. brilliant example, Paul, because this is nothing to do with City. No. Yeah, I think us four. And, and anybody else yeah. with any sense listening to this w- would be completely outraged. Now, the yeah. fact that it doesn't affect me, us four yeah. here, none of us are going to Baku, none of us have got the transport difficulties, none of us have got the expense, none of us are, you know, have, have, have got any of these con- general mm. concerns, so therefore it'd be very easy to go, so what, <laughs> and <laughs> just ignore it yeah, yeah, and, laugh, and laugh at them. Yeah. But I actually do care. I do. Because that care. could be us. It could that, be that us. That could have been us, that, for a penalty, that could have been us. These, these, the, the, these Arsenal fans and Chelsea fans, all, there are idiot fans, every club's got idiot fans, but the fans that are, that are going now, some of the fans that, that, that are genuine Arsenal and genuine Chelsea fans now have decided to say, we're not going because we can't afford it, it's too much money. But they're part of the football family, so if we look at it as a whole, the football family, we've mentioned this a few times on podcasts here, and we're going to mention it, I'm guessing, in the future as well. The football family is a big unit mm. that, that loves the game as a whole, and I feel for other clubs' fans at times, yeah. I, think, I feel for them Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans now that are probably going to sacrifice Christmas presents and stuff now, as far as December is away from now, to go, be able to go to this game. They're probably going to have had to have arguments with a wife and say, no, I really want to go to the game, I might not get to... Probably some of them even told them. Do you know what I mean, though? But this is what I mean. So these people are making sacrifices and whatever else. So whatever happens, when you watch that game on TV on Wednesday night, and I'm not talking to you in here, but anybody listening to this, please, please don't go on social media and slag off the Chelsea and Arsenal fans for not being there. Absolutely. You know, th- this is where you need to stand together. Absolutely. I can't stop everybody, and there will be some people who do it, but any sensible fan would have empathy and understanding, and you'd hope that that would come back towards us as well when they're having a go at yeah, City the, fans. The, 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 the other point I was making on that was that you go on... I went on that thread, so... You know, I went down, I looked at some of the comments and the comments on there were unbelievable. And it got Chelsea fans were saying, you know, they're, they're trying to get there going, ah, yeah, well, you're not a big club Arsenal anymore, are you? That's it, exactly it, what I'm talking about. And this about. is a Chelsea fan, he's probably not even going. And he'll be, he was saying like, oh, if it was United, if it was Liverpool, yeah, so they'd, all, they'll be, they'd all be fighting to get there. They'd get there one way or another by hook or crook. And I'm just thinking, what chance have we got? Because you've got idiots like you that... Don't matter how much it costs to get there, 
you won't be going yourself, but you'll be slagging other people for not going. And it just winds up. It's like we got it with the semi-finals. I know it's slightly different, but we got it with semi-finals, but it's still relative. We couldn't all afford to go to both matches, a semi and a final. So you had to pick and choose. But all we got was slagging for empty seats. You can't sell your tickets. You had to return your tickets. You're not a big club. It's all different now. It's and like if a, we, we yeah. were tri- Let's be tribal on everything. I love football being tribal. It's great. Yeah. But when it comes to little things like this... They're not little, though, are they? No, big absolutely. This, 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 this is something that we should all come together on. It's like a metaphoric tug-of-war, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? We're all trying to pull towards our side to get justice for football fans. Mm. And these idiot fans, there might only be you know, a couple of thousand of them. There's not. They're tugging the rope at the other there's end not, there's more. to try and say, oh, we want to keep winding you up about it, though. And it's like, yeah, but you are the fans that might one day have to miss out you right. You might really want to go to a game one day because you fought for so many years because you wanted to wind other fans up and you fought against what you might need to rely upon in the future. I think, was a, I think it was a team in Switzerland. I might mention this in another podcast. It was a team in Switzerland that were at a final. We might have been Basel. I'm not. I'm not sure. They were at a final and they refused to pay. They. I think it was. Tw- Ten, you're not ten. Talking, you might be talking about the Dutch Cup final here, wasn't was it? Dutch, Belgium, Belgium, Belgium sorry. Yeah, it's, it was, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, you're right. I know it was just somewhere expensive I've been to this year, that was what I was thinking. <laughs> and, and it was somewhere like £15 to get in. And they were complaining at the £15 to get in. And they said, we're not paying £15. So they paid six or something like that. I might be slightly wrong on this. So they, what they did, they got together, the club, basically... Produce their own tickets, or the fans or whatever, produce their own tickets, sold the tickets, went with a big bag of money kind of thing, and said to him on the day, right, we've not sold any tickets. We've got 20,000 fans, 30,000 fans. They've all bought tickets with us of £6. They've all got tickets. Here's a load of money. Do you want it or not? Because if not, they ain't coming in. So they ended up taking it, and they all got in for six. And I just thought, wow. that is perfect. Why don't any? But we won't do it over in England because you'll always no, you'll always get fans that will want to boycott it to go on social media and say I was there. You're always going to get it. You, there's always fans that will turn round and just. Well, Blackpool have shown it, haven't they? At least they got to Wembley and nobody went. I think they had about five hundred fans there, mm. so it can be done. But it why did the five hundred go? Well, like you say, somebody always has to be there, don't they? Yeah. That's such an extreme example, but it's a good one, Will, because Blackpool really stood up against their owners. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw that once their owners were eventually removed, the, the, the place was packed, packed out. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, um, in the modern era, um, at the bigger clubs anyway, and obviously no disrespect to Blackpool, but they're a smaller club, it used to happen a bit at City in this Peter Swales era <laughs> Swales and things like that, you know, but uh, that, that people would take these bigger stances. But these days, it, 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 I don't know why, is it because it's too glamorous? Is it because they can't win? But well, people I, don't well, do that. Exactly. So if all four of us said, right, we are boycotting City, I'd take it to be gone like that and they wouldn't miss us. No, because they'll fill it with some day trippers that go in. And but it's to me, it should be made clear in this this discussion. Is, well, we're not actually having a go at City. No. This, oh, is, no, a, this no. is a general. No, no, no. You know what? Just, just jumping in here, Ian. That that ups- the thought of missing a game upsets me. Mm. But if you had to do it for the greater good, for then, three years. Yeah, but th- this is what I mean. So we, I, I can, I can't sit here and say I'd, I'd do that and enjoy doing that. Because I know that even though if I did it, it might benefit us in the next three or 10 or 15 or 20 years. To miss games for me would be gut-wrenching. 
you know Absolutely. what I mean? So, it, but it's that sacrifice you'd have to make for the greater good, I think. And I'm, for your I'm, fans. I'm with you because you know I'm an obsessive home and away fan all yeah. my life. Never want to miss a game, do whatever it takes to get to a game. All right, people will say, hey, you've been in the media for a long time. But trust me, before then and now, places. you know, I, I, I do not want to miss a game no matter what happens. How Mrs. Cheeseman puts it with you. <laughs> I but uh, in Germany, and if you've not heard this example before, it is an absolutely true one. Uh, Schalke, the other team that I follow, they did a protest and their protest might seem trivial because they were complaining about their players not making public appearances and going around supporters clubs and stuff. What was their complaint or what was their protest? It was to actually be silent during a game. So they have attendances of 60,000, they're playing Bayern Munich and for 1904, which is their year of formation, for the first 19 minutes and four seconds, they made a complete pact between all the fans to be completely silent for the first 19 minutes and four seconds of the game. Unlike what... Some people are saying boycott games, mm. which I understand why you don't want to do that, Harlan. I'd be the same. You could be in the ground just being silent for 19 minutes and four seconds, or it might be a different number that relates to City. 1894. Yeah, 18 minutes, 94 seconds. missed the whole game. But, but, you know, you get me... <coughs> you know what? I was at that game, and they were silent. Mm. And that had a major impact, because the club then... Did backtrack and the players did go out again. Didn't they early score on the ninth? Oh yeah, I could go into yeah, the whole yeah, story. Yeah. You've asked me Ian, before. Um, you know, I think. Well, you asked me when, when, when we were we were in this this last couple of months of the season, and you said the the players are going to need us behind them now. Do you think it has an effect when the fans get behind the players? Do you feel like we've had to? The, the players said it the other week. Bernardo Silva said it. You've dragged us through games this season. Mm. Vinny said it as well, and I know that. You know, I know professional football players or semi-professional football players that said that having a fan chant the name for five minutes gives them the lift that they need. Mm. So do you believe, Ian, then, that that day the Schalke players... <laughs> you know what the irony is of that story? Um, Schalke were playing Bayern Munich, obviously the biggest team in Germany. Uh, they went 1-0 up during that period of silence and got a second goal exactly on... Uh, 19 minutes and 4 seconds which you couldn't script to go 2 nil up <laughs> then the crowd started making a noise and Bayern came back into it and drew 2 all. so that tends to shoot down that theory the silence made is, them concentrate <laughs> yeah but what I was going to say is like yeah obviously yeah of course but over, over the general like uh, the time scale of a season if that was to happen over the course of a season I'm sure the players would start to think with professional football players playing in a 60,000 seater stadium they don't do it every game do you? you don't do it every game do but you? imagine if it was a campaign well another thing that, that German fans did and I'm only using them because I know about that's this that's an unbelievable scenario by the way is, is that they uh, they uh, uh, I mean it's, it's slipped slightly since then so I don't know what went wrong but they had a big campaign about keeping kickoffs at 3 o'clock now actually it's 3.30 in Germany but they all the grounds all the Bundesliga games every time you saw a game there would be hundreds of people in every stadium just holding up a piece of paper that said three dot dot thirty on it, meaning the kickoff yeah, time. Yeah. So that wasn't one club doing it; that was every club doing it. And in this country, to get everyone on the same page is so difficult. If you did, imagine if Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, Chelsea, fans, oh, Liverpool fans, Fulham fans, City fans, every United fan, every fan in the country was saying fifty quid's enough at Wembley. Or, or Wembley, 50 quid, top price, or yeah. something. Simple. Not, not 
uh, aggressive. No. Or a chant, a universal chant that everybody sings in the ground. You know, yeah, but you can't get them singing your club songs. No, you so can't right? to be far. If you just stand, back into that. If you stand there, <laughs> si- stand there silently with the Wembley, 30, 50 quid on it or whatever. Yeah, because... that do it. Because all the sponsors, well. all the sponsors who sponsor Wembley and all the rest of it would be seeing that and it would have a negative well, effect. The, co- the them, commentator, I'm guessing, the TV commentator, would, would, would allow the people, if, you, if they couldn't see it, um, or even if they could see it on the TV screen, he would reiterate what that says. Oh, there's, there's people in the crowd you know, sign for the next five minutes. But that's, but that's the key point. So would know, to get something like that in England, it would have to be media mobilised. It? It'd have to be Gary Lineker saying, this is what we're going to do next weekend. However, they're never going to say that because of all the sponsorship and, and the paymasters. It's all hand in hand, isn't it? So, so it started us as fans and so supporters clubs to do it. The television is never going to admit that there's a problem in the game. No. They're not going to say, oh, attendances and three o'clock kickoffs, because that's their fault. They, they can't, yeah. they can't they're, acknowledge They're to that. blame for it. So, yeah. I'm sure this is a subject we'll revisit. Um, we're at the end of the season now, obviously, all the, the games have been played. Um, what a season. And next, next week, when we do our, our final big podcast, as it were, um, I, I do want to sort of go into um, more detail, maybe, about the season. Uh, but it'll, it might not be you that are sat here. It won't um, because I'll be on the beach in Bulgaria. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, even though the, there's a, there might be a tendency to repeat a little bit of what I'm going to do now next week uh, with the other, the other group. But when you look back on this season now, uh, what were the highlight games for you? Who were the standout players? What were the key moments? Give me your thoughts. Bernardo Silva, 100% <laughs> yeah. player at season. Um, I shared a Facebook post that I wrote the day that we signed Bernardo and I put that um, it was an investment, not a purchase. Uh, it wasn't just a straight purchase, it was an investment. I'm sure Caldoon, I'm sure, I'm sure that Sheikh Mansour, I'm sure that um, Pep, I'm sure that everybody knew what they were buying when they bought Bernardo Silva. Um, everything I'd seen at Monaco and more, an absolute engine of a player. Um, standout man for me Raheem Sterling massively improved on last season which I didn't think would happen so quickly but um, yeah Bernardo completely um, deserved his play I remember seeing we, went, we saw him when we went to Monaco didn't we saw him there and he just sort of like looked at him and just thought that's class it's completely destroyed us he's the best all round player we've got I think personally yeah. his goal at Old Trafford um, I thought was was um, one of the key moments of the season. Yeah, I mean, I know people will pick out Vinny's goal against Leicester, um, and maybe the goal that, that won us the game at Burnley because by then it was really starting to get to twitchy yeah. bum time, wasn't it? It's going uh, tonight. But that goal at Old Trafford, I thought was was key. And you know, you taught uh, before. I don't know if this is actually. It, before we started the podcast or in the podcast, but I know you've said recently, you know, that there are certain um, things, times when you watch players now, you know, in this new era, where you stand, rather than the old days when you were ballooning around, to use your words, yeah. and chanting and everything, where you go, wow, and the player who always makes me do that is Bernardo yeah, Silva. Same, yeah, um, I mean, didn't somebody describe him recently as the mini Messi or something? And yeah. I know everybody, want, you know... Thinks I don't want to be called that because it puts too much pressure on. But I think there are nobody can be messy. But I think there are things about Bernardo Silva that make me go wow that only Messi can do. I think the the key statistic for Bernardo was the uh, the own game against Liverpool about fourteen kilometers. Did he run? 
yeah. It was eight mile, wasn't it, that he ran? It's, it's, match. it's the way minute match that is unreal. It's the way he plays football, though. It's infectious because he's always got a smile on his face. Yeah. He's always smiling. He's enjoying every minute of it. You can go around kicking lumps out of him, and he just gets up. And, can you imagine that as a defender? Yeah. yeah. He's always smiling at you. He's just sort of like, you just give him your best shot and he just gets up and starts laughing and goes, nutmegs you. Yeah. He'd be soul destroying. And yeah. that, that's what sits, uh, it feels like City are aiming for, not just good players, but people who will integrate to the squad. And Bernardo is, yeah. is one of the, well, he's one of the favourite guys. Caldoon said that, uh, Will. He said that, he, that there's, a, there's a real um, blueprint and a decision making process and, and, a, and a real genuine process when it comes to bringing in players now young players they wanted to, they wanted to try and reduce the um, amount of older players that we that we had and they wanted to bring the squad age down mm. the average squad squad age and squad size so that Pep had a, a 23 24 man squad to manage and it was easier to manage but the fact that you know he said didn't he on his on his interview that if they have to bring a player in that's over 20 26 like they did Mares then they will do that, but that's only when that player's needed. If it's a specific 30-year-old mm. centre-half with experience no, that yeah. we need to fill a gap, try and get they'll him. do it. But he wants, they want to bring in, as a club, um, they're on the same page with it, young players with potential and that are going to grow. And that, you know, Look at the players that haven't even hit the, the peak yet. You've got Bernardo there, he's, he's 24, uh, 23 years old. And he is absolutely unbelievable. To think that I'm old enough to be his... No, I'm not old enough to be his <laughs> dad. <but laughs> <laughs> to I've think got, that he's like a younger brother. I've got some underpants that are older than him. It's unbelievable, but going back to Bernardo, <laughs> you know... Um, you know, when I when I met my girlfriend Jess, she was a, a football fan, a, a whole. Family. We should have a bell every time you yeah, ding ding. Her yeah, whole family are blues, and and she was a football fan when I met her, and then she got a season card, she went on the waiting list, she started to come to games with me, and I'd like to take credit for. Are kind we going to come to the wedding? Na- yeah, definitely. You're all invited. Well, we have to get a hat. Yeah, come, well, you can, Ian. Yeah, nice <laughs> little, with a feather and a flower and all that. But yeah, no two work to 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 give her credit. Um, yeah, I absolutely adore coming to games of her, and, and I'd like to take a bit of credit for kind of educating her naturally when she's asked me questions. At she's games educated you, mate. I've, I've, yeah, I've met has. her. I've met has. her. But uh, I think I think the fact that she'd watched me now. Well, well punching, mate. Yeah. <laughs> punching above <laughs> your weight. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking, looking chap, you know. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Neville. When she <laughs> when she first saw Bernardo play, she was like. Uh, he's a good player, isn't he? And then I started to tell her what to watch out for and what to look for. And the more and more she's watched him, the more and more she started to tap me on the shoulder at games and go, there he is again, doing what you said he'd do. And, and it, it, it's like, it's, I don't want to take credit for it, but it's, it's nice to know. You are, oh, though, you are. I was going to say, credit for it. you don't want to you take any I mean? credit, but it sounds <laughs> like he is doing. Yeah. She's yeah. enjoying seeing these players that she would have never, she'd just watched the football and go, that's a good cross. But I'd tell, you know, what kind of cross is it? You know is what I'm drawing from this? She told him that he was a good player. She yeah. told him he was a yeah. good crosser. And, he's and all he's done, he's taking credit for <laughs> yeah. it now. He's, he's, he's just retweeted it, isn't yeah. it? He's yeah. retweeted yeah. what Jess right. has said. Listen, um, next week, um, with the, the whoever's sat here next week, we'll go into a lot more depth on this subject as, as we do our last full podcast. But remember, we've got a couple of um, sort of summary podcasts coming up and we are going to carry on all the way through the summer. So my last subject, as we sta- sit here now on a Monday night in a week where the playoffs have just been played. Aston Villa have come up uh, to the Premier League next season, along with, obviously, Norwich and Sheffield United. And now there are two big European finals this season. And I'm just curious, as this is the end of the the podcast here, even though this is a City podcast, 
because City are not involved in either of these big games and the last two proper club games of the season, the question is, will you watch both of these games? And if, if you're watching them or whether you're watching them or not, who are you rooting for in each game? Arsenal and Spurs. Arsenal no doubt about it. I don't, I don't think I need to answer this one. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs! Do you know what? <laughs> Talking about Spurs, I, I, was, I was massive Ajax me in, in that Spurs Ajax. I wanted, I wanted Ajax to go through. I like the way they play football. I like Ajax as a side. I like the gaffer. I like the players that they've got. And I, was, I felt sore. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I felt sore about how we went out to Spurs. So I wanted nothing but an Ajax winning that. But then when I looked at it and I looked at the determination that Spurs showed in that second leg, the fact that they didn't give up even when they were almost dead and buried, they fully yeah. deserved to be in the final. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love them to kick lumps out of Liverpool and win the game 1-0. I'd love them to win 6-0. Do you so know you, what I mean? So you, got, you went for Arsenal? Arsenal and Spurs. Arsenal as well, yeah. And Spurs. Um, Spurs definitely... Arsenal, Spurs, you know what? I couldn't give a monkeys. Arsenal, Chelsea, you mean? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. I think the, the Europa, I think I can watch a lot more relaxed. I can just enjoy that as a true neutral, see what happens. Whereas the Champions League final, I think I will be nervous because I don't want the I'm going to be very nervous. I don't want the Scousers to I've, win. I've, I've just realised now, talking, talking here, the bar I go, I'm, I've mentioned I'm going on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Bing! So I'm, I'm on holiday <laughs> in Bulgaria next week. Yeah, yeah, in the uh, support, official uh, Sunny Beach Sunny supporters Beach. club. Yeah. <laughs> so my pal has a bar out there, and my pal is a very massive, massive Liverpool fan. Ooh. And I've just, I've just realised where I'll be watching it. So I'm, if there's anyone listening who's in Bulgaria can get me a Tottenham shirt, can you please sort me one out? Do you feel... Do you feel our achievements will be sort of looked over if, well, if Liverpool win or Spurs win? Absolutely, 100%. The but media will, yeah, they'll look over them. But like, going back to Caldoun's interview, it's a, it's, it's a knockout competition. So, it's a marathon, uh, the Premier League yeah, last yeah. season. So, Champions League and the two teams in the final haven't won. Exactly. I've been champions in 100 exactly. years between them. Exactly, so to me, it's not a Champions League. Let's go back to the old format where it was like the winners of every... In every European league, yeah. go in it straight knockout. You've got to play everybody, bang and out you go. Best team. Not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, nope. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be back Are next. You uh, for you? Well, obviously, I'm going to go for Spurs, <laughs> aren't I? Um, what about the and I probably would go for Arsenal as well. I think I'll be rooting for Arsenal. Um, don't have massively strong feelings. I mean, today I was watching Aston Villa against Derby County, and uh, I was slightly rooting for Derby, but I haven't got a problem with Villa anyway. I think they're a, they're a good club as well. Um, so I suppose I feel a little bit like that with Chelsea and uh, and Arsenal. Although Wenger's Arsenal was a team I loved watching. Yeah, I know he's not there anymore, but the the legacy, the old uh, boring, boring Arsenal, which we remember from from years ago. They're now a, a, a club I like watching. So, but well, Emery's, I mean, Emery's a season pro in the Europa League as well, and he won it three times with Sevilla, one after the other. So, I think I'd prefer to go. I think I'll go Arsenal because you, you Chelsea. It's just gas money, isn't it? They just, they just, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that bombshell. Um, let's say uh, thanks a lot for this week thanks to the holiday in at Central Park to Hot Click Marketing remember it's at hot underscore click on Twitter if you want to follow them Tony's the top man find him on the uh, the webpage and you can talk to Tony City fan and he'll get your company at the top of uh, the Google ads etc uh, next week we'll be back uh, and 
Uh, we're going to carry on all the way through the summer. So thanks for listening. Give us five stars. Subscribe, which is free. Tell your mates about us. Give us a retweet if you see us on social media. And we'll do it all again next week. Good luck, Spurs. Come on, Spurs. Come on, Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>